We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, telling all of us to screw our freedom. Yes, that's a direct quote. I'm going to talk about that more and the entire issue of what kind of freedom you do or don't have to mask. To mask or not to mask, that is the question. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. The main topic for today is this whole issue of the Terminator, former governor of California, former Republican governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, telling all of us to screw our freedom. That is a direct quote. He actually put it out on Instagram. If you don't want to wear a mask in public, or even in private, because now you're being told that you should wear one in your own home around your own children, how are they going to police that? Hmm, I have to wonder. If you don't want to wear a mask, if you think that doing so is questionable, if you've done your own research, if you've done what Allie Beth Stuckey has done, and I'm going to cite a lot of that information on today's show, If you've concluded that a mask is, at best, a neutral, but perhaps even a negative, because you're wearing the dumb thing all day long and it's accumulating, what? Sweat and everything that you exhale into it. Therefore, it's dirty and you're inhaling all of that. And if your logical conclusion is, I don't want to do that, because... First of all, it smells bad, and I don't want that dirty thing on my face. If that's who you are, if you've concluded anything close to that, then screw your freedom, says the Terminator, says the good governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, because you have the obligation to do what you're told. After all, he tells us the experts all agree that masking is a virtuous thing. The science is in, and the science is clear, that masks work, and all of you who suggest otherwise are ignorant, deplorable, heartland rubes who are too stupid to know how to breathe. That's today's show. But before I get into it, some people have asked why I went after Ryan Walters uniquely and almost exclusively in last Friday's show when I went on a rant about the state of education in the state of Oklahoma. And I basically said I'm angry because none of the candidates for the state superintendent of public instruction position for the state of Oklahoma have said squat about the deplorable condition of education in our state, and about the fact that Joy Hoffmeister actually has a website out there under the Department of Education for Oklahoma that extols the virtues 
of Social Emotional Learning, SEL, which is nothing but CRT under a different banner. And if you go a couple clicks into that website on the Department of Education's homepage with Joy Hoffmeister smiling boldly at the top of the page, you'll see a page on dating where they talk about how to prepare for your first time. And you'll see pictures of same-sex couples embracing romantically. You'll see what I would call propaganda, because it's propagating the idea of same-sex relationships. Rather, not even bringing any of that into question. After all, it's a virtuous thing to do, right? And there's nothing in there that would even hint that your mom and dad might be right when they tell you that you might want to wait until marriage. Abstinence is a good thing. And if your church teaches that, no. And in fact, on that website, when you're clicking on these various different tabs, you get these banners that pop up that remind you to purge your search history because other people can look at your computer and see what you've been doing. Do you think maybe they're telling your kids to do that because they don't want you finding out what they're reading, and what the Department of Education is actually sharing with them. Why else would they get these repeated reminders to purge their search history? You need to ask these questions. I've told you before, what they're telling you is this. You're too stupid to raise your own children. You don't have enough intelligence and wherewithal to educate them or to know what they should be taught. You're concerned that they just be taught to count and to read and to write and to use proper pronouns and proper grammar and to learn the basics of science like biology and physiology. You're concerned that that be what our schools should be focused on rather than this social engineering That's just close-minded, right-wing, tinfoil hat nonsense. And your children need to be protected from you. That's what this website is saying. And oh, by the way, the author of a lot of the stuff I just shared with you is a queer theory advocate and proponent. It's right there. It's right there on the website. So I ranted against Ryan Walters, and I didn't say anything about April Grace or John Cox or James uh, Griffin, the other candidates for the job. Well, oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. For example, April Grace is getting the endorsement of the OEA, Oklahoma Education Association, the Teachers Association, the Teachers Unions. Anybody, I'm going to say this without equivocation, anyone who is getting the endorsement, anyone who is getting the endorsement of those unions, those organizations, should never get your vote. They should never get your vote. Because those unions and those organizations are the problem. They're not supporting teachers and their independence to teach what they want. They're putting their thumb on the entire educational establishment and they're demanding compliance. Those organizations represent the antithesis of academic freedom, intellectual liberty. They represent conformity. 
you will march lockstep with us. And if you dare step out of line and criticize what we've been doing, we will crush you. April Grace, she's getting the endorsement of those organizations. Do not vote for her. If she's in their good graces, no pun intended, then she should receive no grace from you. No vote, no support. Do not believe her. And I'll get to the other candidates too. Let's take a break, acknowledge our, our sponsors, excuse me, take a break and acknowledge our sponsors. And when I get back, we'll talk about masks. To mask or not to mask? That is the question. Or should we just bow compliantly to the Terminator when he says, screw your freedom? I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So this past week, Arnold Schwarzenegger took to Instagram to tell all of us, all of us in America, who are getting a bit antsy about this overreach of our government, that we are foolish, science-denying rubes who are selfishly focused on, oh, you know, that inconsequential thing that we call human liberty. Here's his exact quote. I think people need to be reminded over and over again that the experts are saying that you have to wear masks. And for those of you shouting, my freedom is being disturbed, screw your freedom. Close quote. The Terminator, former governor of California, Republican governor of California, so we were told, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I'm going to suggest that we take the Terminator up on what he implies in this scold and attend to what the real scientists out there have to say about all this. In other words, rather than spouting off on Instagram like Schwarzenegger did, let's take a look at the longitudinal data presently available and ask some good questions. Questions like, is there Anything that demonstrates wearing masks is an efficacious strategy for mitigating the spread of COVID-19. Is there any statistical proof that validates Mr. Schwarzenegger's scold? Is he right in telling us to screw our freedom? Is he right in telling us that we all need to don a porous piece of paper or cloth to prove that we are a science-believing and virtuous people? But here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing. When you take the time to read a bit, you quickly discover that this mask shaming from America's intelligentsia, like Hollywood and San Francisco and D.C., the likes of Mr. Schwarzenegger and the family he married into, the Kennedys, when you actually take the time to read a bit, you'll discover that this mask shaming is, well, how should I say this scientifically? Stupid. <laughs> Allie Beth Stuckey provided a lot of the information that I'm going to share with you from here on out. Now, you need to follow her. Do a web search of Allie Beth Stuckey, and I'll spell that in case uh, you're curious on Allie or Stuckey. A-L-L-I-E Beth Stucky, S-T-U-C-K-E-Y, 
Allie Beth Stuckey. Do a search on her and follow her on Twitter and follow her on Facebook and follow her podcast. She's exceptional. Outstanding. Millennial age cultural commentator. And she's done us all a favor in doing a lot of research and compiling the pertinent data on the science-based information concerning this question of masks. So kudos to Ms. Stuckey for the rest of the show here. Here's the deal. Since the onset of the pandemic, Sweden has never mandated masks. You've probably read about this. In January 2021, only 12% of Swedes said they wore a mask all the time, and 59% said they never did. So the logical question is, how have they fared? Surely the death rate in Sweden is astronomical compared to the United States, right? Because in the United States, this is the data. 93% of adults report that they sometimes or often or always wear masks. 72% do say that they always wear masks. You believe it's that high? I do, because I see all these mindless lemmings when I walk around. The fact is that the Swedes haven't fared any worse than Americans, though. And their death rate attributed to COVID-19 is lower than that of other countries in Europe, such as Great Britain, which have imposed draconian mask mandates on their people. Well, you say that's not good enough. That's just a snapshot. You want more than just one sample from a relatively small country in Northern Europe. Well, I agree. So let's look at more data provided by Ms. Stuckey. Israel reinstated its mask mandate, and they were afraid that not doing so would overwhelm their health care system. Sound familiar? Well, what, uh, what happened? What was accomplished? Well, apparently nothing, in that Israel's cases have risen at basically the exact same rate as other countries, such as the Netherlands, which did the exact opposite. The Center for Evidence-Based Medicine at Oxford University wrote as far back as 2010 that masks present no significant effect in interrupting the spread of an influenza virus in the general population or within the ranks of healthcare workers. Close quote. Norway's Institute for Public Health says that masks are so ineffective as to have minimal effect on the infection rates of the general population. I'll say that one more time. Norway's Institute for Public Health says that masks have almost no effect. They're so ineffective as to have minimal impact on the infection rates of the general population. The New England Journal of Medicine, used to be the gold standard, told us as recently as May 2020 that, quote, we know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection, and that, in many cases, the desire for widespread masking is a reflexive reaction to anxiety over the pandemic. In other words, it's just symbolic. It does nothing. It does nothing. A study from Japan concluded that face mask use has not been demonstrated to provide benefit in terms of getting colds and that a larger study is needed to establish 
non-inferiority of no mask use. Close quote. From Japan. Back to England again. A 2010 study by Cambridge University found, quote, there is little evidence to support the effectiveness of face masks to reduce the risk of infection. Close quote. And still in England, a study from the Oxford Clinical Infectious Disease Center found that, quote, there is no evidence that cloth masks, the ones they'll hand you at the airport if you don't have one of your own, it's like putting a diaper on your face, I might add. You hardly can even breathe through the things. <sighs> Don't get me started. Back to the quote. The Oxford Clinical Infectious Diseases Center found that, quote, there is no evidence that cloth masks provide protection from the transmission of pathogens when used repeatedly without adequate sterilization. And I can understand why those things are... Ad- petri dish after breathing through them for just an hour or two while you're sitting on the plane. A Danish study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine in November 2020 found, quote, no statistically significant effect of high-quality medical face masks against SARS-CoV-2 infection in a community setting, close quote. Ali Stuckey goes on and on on and on, providing you more research, more research, more science, more evidence. So what changed? At the front end of the pandemic, we were told by Dr. Anthony Fauci, the wizard, the Wizard of Oz himself told us, don't wear masks. It's, it's completely unnecessary. It will do nothing to protect you. And our Surgeon General told us, don't wear masks. They won't accomplish anything. So we did what we were told to do. We didn't rush out and buy a boatload of masks, or at least a lot of us didn't. We trusted the experts. And then they changed. Well, based on what? Were all of these research Was all of this research that I just cited wrong? Did they refute it with some longitudinal analysis that proved that, well, no, that stuff wasn't right. We've proved scientifically that all of that was wrong. Well, they didn't have time to do any longitudinal analysis on how masks were or were not working with COVID. I've said this over and over again. You don't know if the vaccine has side effects because it hasn't been around long enough for you to know. You can't know by definition what it will do long term. How could you? Likewise, you don't know whether or not these masks are accomplishing something that they told us for the last 10 years or more they didn't do. Where did all of the information come from that refutes all of this science? If you want us to be a science-believing people, then pay attention to the science. Oh, you can probably find a project, or excuse me, a research project or two where they're suggesting otherwise. But let's acknowledge, at best, that the jury's still out. We don't know. Oh, well, then if we don't know, then everybody should wear them just in case. 
Well, you know what? And how, and here's, I've been asked this question. Piper, well, you sound very unconcerned and inconsiderate of those that might get sick. I mean, even if you save a couple of people by wearing a mask, shouldn't you wear it? Well, let me ask you this. Would you save a couple people if you quit driving your car? If everybody stopped driving cars, would you save some lives? Well, the answer has to be, if you, if you answer me honestly, the answer has to be, yes, you'd save lives if people stopped driving cars because we know that on average in a given year, a certain number of people will die from car accidents because cars move fast and if people make mistakes, accidents happen and people die. So shouldn't you stop driving your car if you cared about everybody? How about flying? We know if no one flew that we would have no plane crashes. Zero. Therefore, shouldn't we stop flying in planes? Shouldn't those airports be empty? Because it's inconsiderate. It's unloving. There's no compassion whatsoever in the hearts and minds and souls of those people that are cramming those airports, traveling to and from City A and City B. How about other things? Like drinking. We should outlaw all alcohol because we know that some people drink too much. We're told that it's a disease, that they're prone to alcoholism, and that that alcohol will cause them to do bad things. Drive drunk, domestic violence. So let's outlaw all alcohol. Let's go back to prohibition because people who drink are hurting others. How about sex? We know that upwards to 25% of the millennial age women now have a sexually transmitted disease and it'll compromise their bodies, infertility, and whatnot. Well, we should outlaw sex. Nobody can have sex anymore. Well, oh, marital sex, you know, monogamy, that's okay. You know, that biblical stuff. Well, okay, if you want to go there. If we go back to the biblical standard, then maybe sex would be safe. But outside of that context, it obviously isn't because people are getting sick. Oh, homosexual sex. We still know. Oh, no, now you're really getting into touchy territory. Homosexual sex. We still know that AIDS is primarily, not exclusively, but primarily the source of the transmission of AIDS is a given sexual act. Well, maybe we should make that illegal and arrest everybody who refuses to comply, right? Screw their freedom. You get my point? We could start making a lot of laws. It's basically G.K. Chesterton's admonition. When you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get liberty. You're going to get thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. We could make all of these laws because life isn't safe. There are certain risks. Outlaw horses. I've got horses. We shouldn't let anybody ride horses because people are going to fall off, break their neck, and get hurt. Paralyzed. Be a burden on society. Burden on the healthcare system. Get rid of all horses. Kill them all because they're dangerous. And put people in jail who dare to fight against that. Uh, downhill skiing. 
Water skiing, riding bicycles, where does it end, people? The subtitle to my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe. It's supposed to be good. Freedom is good. Liberty is good. Beauty is good. Safety is a secondary thing. Senator Rand Paul, who is a real doctor, by the way, you know where I'm going with this. He recently said in an Instagram that he put out, uh, and he put it out there. I don't know if they block him from YouTube. Is it out there on Rumble? Wherever it is, it kind of went viral, even though I think the social media wizards are trying to shut down Senator Rand Paul because he's a crackpot, right? You know, well, I thought we were supposed to pay attention to the scientists. What science degree does Arnold Schwarzenegger have? Or Nancy Pelosi? Or Chuck Schumer? Or Joe Biden? Last I knew, they didn't have one. But Senator Rand Paul is a medical doctor. He's an MD. And he recently said this. No one should follow these anti-science mask mandates. No more. We will not allow the government to do more harm to our children who are not statistically at any more risk for COVID-19 than they are for the seasonal flu. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, our economy, and our children? Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not. Not this time. I choose freedom. Close quote. Senator Rand Paul. I'll ask his question one more time as we wrap up this show. Will we allow these people, these people, these elites, these know-it-alls, these smarter-than-thou folks, to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, our economy, our businesses, our restaurants, our schools, our families, our homes, our communities, our children? Or will we stand together and say, no, absolutely not. Not this time, not one more time. You fooled me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Not this time, I choose freedom. Call me crazy, but I think I'll stand with a legitimate scientist, a medical doctor, who says he will fight for my freedom rather than with some Hollywood rhino who's telling me to screw it. Here's a quote at the end of the show. The condition upon which God hath given liberty to man is eternal vigilance, which condition, if he breaks servitude, is at once the consequence of his crime and the punishment of his guilt. John Philpot Curran. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.